What's up, weirdos? <laughs> How you guys doing? It's freaking cold up here. It is so cold. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, for up here. <laughs> our last time recording, we were out on a patio in San Antonio. <laughs> Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Sweating our asses off. And it was hot, and we were like, gosh, it's kind of like muggy out here. And now I'm like, take me back to San Antonio. I know, absolutely. Um, but we are Oddity Files, the, the podcast. podcast. Chris is here. I'm so <laughs> nervous now. <laughs> um, I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Clayton Abbott. And we have a paranormal podcast where we find weird, creepy, and odd stories on the internet, and we tell it to each other. Yeah, we have no idea what each other are going to talk about. Sometimes it's about UFOs, sometimes it's about cryptids, like... The Bigfoot. Lo- Bigfoot, the Loveland Frogman, you know, those sort of creatures that no one's found Intestine yet. worms from somewhere in the desert. <laughs> you know, and then sometimes we just talk about like hauntings and exorcisms and all that. Anything that just you can't really explain, that's what we like to try to explain. Absolutely. Even urban legends, which is my new jam right now. Right. My story is not about that. Um, so anybody who knows who we are, we're, okay, first of all, is it okay if I cuss? Raise your hand if not. Oh, okay, I was saying, get the fuck out. <laughs> um, Every party has a pooper. Absolutely. Fucking season three is out, people. Yes. We are so excited. Amazon Prime. Finally. Woo! <laughs> Finally. I think I've already watched it twice. So I watched it the night it came out because you called me. And I knew something was either wrong or like you Somebody were really excited. Died. Because she, we never communicate with, like a I don't phone. communicate I don't with her anybody. or her husband after like 1030 at night unless it's like. You know. Somebody's a text. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it was almost 11, and you're calling me. And I'm like, oh, gosh, someone's died. Like, yeah. someone oh, yeah. has died. I know. He, I'm like, he is going to flip the fuck and out like, when he sees season me. three's up. And I was like, oh, thank God no one died. He's like, hello? And I'm like, season three! <laughs> finally. So we're so excited, and we can finally talk about it. We, we won't give away any spoilers tonight if you haven't caught up. Those of you who don't know who we are, we have a ghost hunting TV show on Amazon Prime, and that's what we're talking about. Yes. So if you were absolutely clueless, now you yes. know. <laughs> but check us out. Add us to your watch list. It's Oddity Files. Um, we go to notoriously haunted locations, and we look for ghosts. We talk to ourselves a lot in the dark. A lot. Um, and sometimes Clayton falls asleep. Sometimes. So, yeah. But not always. <laughs> Especially not this season. It was pretty badass. I know. I was actually scared a lot this season. Yes. And it's been brought up on Twitter quite often. I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny because this season we kind of upped the ante on the locations that we went to. We went Thanks, to places, Chris, for the budget increase, by the way. We Thanks. went to places like Waverly Hills, Bobby Mackey's, just some, you know, more notoriously haunted places all over the country. And... You know, Actually, as, most of it was in Kentucky. That's true. <laughs> but so many times you watch these shows on TV, and I'm not going to like dog on any of them, but sometimes you're like, is it really that bad? Because we've investigated places where nothing happens. I mean, nothing Literally. happens. Yeah. And so then when you go to places in the same mindset, and you have all this stuff happening, and you're terrified, and... I'm like running away, throwing a camera, like, I just need to go outside. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a couple, when Clayton calls me Christina during the show, you know shit's about to get real. And it happens, I think, every Every episode. episode, Yeah. Yeah. So this is our second to last live podcast of the year. Of the year, yeah. We're pretty excited. Thank you, GalaxyCon, for doing, letting us do these. And the fact that we were a, a featured panelist. I know, it's exciting. I know. It's not what you know, it's who you know. I'm just putting that <laughs> out there. But on that note, Clayton. Uh-oh. I have presents. For me? For you. Oh, gosh. Well, you and James and your mother. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Wait, what are these? They're the Oddity Files tour (laughs) t-shirts. No. (laughs) It literally has all of our 2019 tour dates on the back. And it's so tiny on the the man's t-shirt, but on the lady's t-shirt, it's like ginormous. I don't understand. You're right. My mother is going to love this. Yes. Like, absolutely love this. Yeah, but check the back (laughs) of your mom's. I mean, the tour dates are huge. I don't even understand it. Oh, yeah. 
We will make these available in our store on our website, oddityfiles.com, but it had to be hey, a surprise first. And the front first. is awesome as well. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. I took a tarot card and <laughs> um, I kind of added Bigfoot to it. And look at all these people. <laughs> um, I had a Bigfoot to it, aliens to it, ghosts to it, all UFOs, the stuff we're all into. the stuff we love. <laughs> so I've been very excited about this for a hot minute. I'm surprised. So. You usually don't keep secrets from me. I know. It was really hard. <laughs> I sent the, my, the graphics to like everybody but you to get approval. Wait, is that what got delivered to your house under my name? No, that was this shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of merch, I'm wearing some of the Oddity Files merch right now. Um, again, you can get it at our store on our website, oddityfiles.com. It's like the Friends font, but it says weirdos because we are all weirdos and life is good. Yeah, but we're really excited to be here. And even though it's cold, what I've seen in Minneapolis so far has been nice. This is actually my first time here, not on a connecting flight. Really? And yeah, swear. Oh, wow. Um, and it seems nice, and I've heard a lot of good things about the city, so it can be cold anywhere, so I'm just gonna start there. I'm still giving the city, you know, a chance. I'm digging this cold, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I love it, because I run hot all the time. <laughs> um, I understand there's a, there's a lot of Bigfoot sightings in Minnesota. That That's not sense. my story. But is, has anybody here seen my secret boyfriend, sorry babe, Bigfoot? No? No? <laughs> Damn it. I was hoping this would be the hookup. Right. I had this fabulous scarf I was going to wear that has Bigfoot on it, but then I decided yesterday it looks like a sloth, <laughs> so it's sitting over there in my coat. And I, it absolutely looks like it, a sloth. It looks like a sloth. Like its hands are curved and everything, and yeah, its, its face is just like white. Like it, I don't know. It doesn't look like Bigfoot. No, it's, it's slightly terrifying. <laughs> um, so we appreciate everybody. This is the biggest audience we've ever had. Uh, yeah, for sure. I am so excited. We thank you guys all for coming out. Um, has anybody listened to the show before? Oh, awesome. <gasps> Hi, guys. Awesome. Welcome. We're so excited you're here. Um, do you have anything uh, creepy going on in your life right now other than Mercury retrograde? Because shit. I know. You, I didn't even realize it. So I don't really follow Mercury's state. Um, I'm because obsessed. Because you always yeah. end up telling me. Um, but no, nothing really too creepy has happened. Just the fact that I woke up this morning tired for no reason, but that's just because I was tired. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I've, I've, I've been off for like a couple days, and I, I told Chris, my husband today, I said, either I'm having a stroke, I'm getting a cold, or I've been having a panic attack or for three days. Or all three. Or there's somebody haunting me. Because that's what it feels like. I'm at a haunted location. I've got the dizzies. I've got the goosebumps. So I'm probably just dying. So you guys are here at my last pod? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. I am just kidding. We have one in two weeks. Wait till after that. <laughs> do whatever you need to do. <laughs> I do have some paranormal in the news from USA Today. Oh. So um, most people, the headline says, would rather live in a haunted house than near a highway, a survey says. I think I'm going to go into that category. I, I used to live by a highway. I've lived in a haunted house off and on, but I'd absolutely rather live in a haunted house, and this is really tiny. So what the article says is if you're looking to buy a home with ghosts roaming around the kitchen during your Halloween house hunting, this is a little bit old, sorry, we're past Halloween, um, you might have some competition. Believers in the paranormal are four times more likely to buy a home with a haunted history than those who don't believe, according to a recent survey by Clever Real Estate. Oh, that's a good real estate name. Can you guys hear me? I feel like I'm not booming enough. Yeah? Okay, cool. Um, the survey asked 1,115 Americans about their supernatural beliefs and whether they would pay more or less for a haunted home. The results also show that people take their take other spooky factors into consideration when deciding to purchase a home, like living near a cemetery. I didn't even know this was a thing. Me either. I thought it was just me. Yeah, well, um, these are some of the cases where you could boost a home's price if it's haunted. Well, that makes sense because, especially in like the New Orleans market and places like where Savannah, Georgia, mm -hmm. St. Augustine, like yeah. places that are known for having sightings and this, that, and other, they literally have it on the real estate signs. Yeah. Like, Haunted, not haunted. Well, and we were just talking about this in, I think, the podcast that went up today, how if we were to purchase haunted house, like you said, you'd go to the news with it, oh, and then you'd rent it out on absolutely. Airbnb. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And have everything about, like, I would act like it's a, the most haunted place I've ever been. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'd bring the Ouija board and bring more in. 
Um, and then that's where I leave. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I relist the home. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's, uh, there was another story I had, but I don't think I'm connected to the internet, so I'm gonna say that's not gonna happen. What about you? Do you have anything creepy besides Mercury? No, Mercury is in full force, though. Yeah. I mean, my walkie-talkie stopped working. I couldn't hear anybody on it <laughs> at all today. Those of you who don't know, um, Clayton and I also work for the photo ops company, hence his hat right over here. Um, and I was talking to everybody. I'm like, why aren't they answering me? And everyone's like, but they are. And then just all of a sudden, it started working again. Mercury. Mercury. Communication. <laughs> I don't even understand. Retrograde. Yes. Didn't we have an episode called, like, It was called Retrograde, retrograde Shit? shit. Yeah. yeah. So this isn't the first time. No, I'm obsessed with retrograde and I fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it honestly blows my mind. So what you might not know is that we are almost at our one year mark, like our one year anniversary, which is so unreal to me because we started this show kind of by accident. I mean, it was yeah. a hobby that we were just going to places with a ton of people, like 10-ish people, mm -hmm. and just sitting in the dark, having a couple cameras, like. K2 meters, you know, like the Ghost Hunter starter kit. Literally. And now it's really just her eye and then her son Carter. Yes. He's the one that's behind the camera most of the time. And it's gotten like pretty legit. I mean, I, I'm really I like to think so. I'm excited about this new season. I am. And then one night, actually, Octagon Hall is in this new season yeah. that's out on Prime. And we were on our way home and he started playing my favorite podcast aside from our own which is my favorite murder i'm obsessed i can't get enough of it <laughs> um and then he's like you know i've been thinking about doing a podcast i'm like we could do this yeah they're not perfect and now here we are a year in we're doing them we're being asked to do them places and it's it's really exciting because we always said starting this like it's only going to be us and our friends and maybe our family that listens to it and now like we have people that we don't know tweeting at us <laughs> and it's like just mildly exciting because yeah. we aren't it's just exciting knowing that we aren't the only ones that are into this sort of thing right and find or like relate to our type of humor which some people really don't yeah we're not like lore where we tell creepy stories and there's creepy music behind us we tell each other stories and we make fun of Sometimes. idiots in the story. Sometimes right. we come up with nicknames like Bitch Face and Dick Face. But, yes. Um, yeah. So if, if, if you're looking for something really spooky, you guys are in the wrong place. Right. It's <laughs> not like you could listen to this at 2 a.m. alone in right. a basement. That's kind of our tagline is um, you can listen to us and still sleep with the lights off. Correct. Right? Lights off. off. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but what we do is we tell stories. Yeah. I don't know who goes first. And I never I did. went first in the dungeon. Okay, perfect. So, so also, if you ever listen to our episodes and we refer to the podcast Dungeon, that's just what we call our studio. It's Which is my office. An, a room in her home that's kind of been, she actually did a wonderful job flipping it, I will say. It looks very creepy and spooky, and appropriately so, though. I went for a haunted mansion theme. Yeah, it and so kind of panned out. actually, if you watch Waverly Hills or Bobby, Bobby Mackey's, the, and and uh, Fear Factory. And Fear Factory, so we investigated out in Salt Lake as well. Um, we, so a lot of times we'll go into locations and we have X amount of time to investigate. And so we won't stop to do like our on-site interviews there. We'll wait and do them post, just so that we can investigate as long as we possibly can. And so in those three episodes, we actually shot them post in the podcast dungeon. Yeah pretty cool. They look really cool with like the yeah. candles in the background and yeah. yeah, fitting. I like to set dress even though we got ghosts in the dark. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so I have a story and uh, first things first, a huge shout out to Winnie Schrader who came through in a pinch when I asked her for a story topic. Um, it pays to have paranormal friends. I'm just saying get yourselves one today because paranormal people are awesome. So my story has all the things, creepy location, true crime, it covers my site obsession with good old-fashioned mobsters, and today I'm going to tell you about the Wabasha, is that pronounced correctly, street caves, and the story goes a little something like this. Those of you from here may already know St. Paul is riddled with fascinating history, filled with gangsters, corrupt police officers, and caves but I had no freaking idea. And I was very excited once I started researching this. 
Throughout the years, the Wabasha Caves have uh, been home to a variety of businesses such as a mushroom growing facility, multiple restaurants and bars, a speakeasy, and even a place for Lando Lakes to make blue cheese. Hmm. Wisconsin's got nothing on Minnesota, hey don't you know. Oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> the only accent I can do. Um, these mostly natural caves were formed underneath a large plateau opposite downtown St. Paul. Indigenous tribes used the caves before the European settlers arrived in the area in the 1840s. Natural silica was mined from the cave for glass making. In the early 1900s, I'm going to butcher this name, Albert Muchunat, M-O-U-C-H-N-O-T-T-E, an immigrant from France, oh, so that's wrong if he's French, totally wrong, <laughs> found the caves and realized they were a perfect place to cultivate mushrooms. Don't get excited, kids. Not that kind of mushrooms. He began to grow mushrooms in the caves and sell them to local restaurants. The family later turned the location into a speakeasy during the days of prohibition, naturally attracting less than legal business dealings and even a reported mob killing. Now we're talking. Now I am in for the long haul. This is where things get interesting. I mean, this is all legend and lore because, well, mob shit. But in 1933, the Castle Royal nightclub was the most exclusive club in town. Their menu prices ensured that only the extremely well-to-do would visit their place, which I'm assuming is like 50 cents for a steak in the 30s. Probably. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Um, in the day, the well-to-do mostly considered of the more unsavory character. Those are my favorite people. Um, so it became a safe haven for mobsters and undesirables alike. Dillinger, of course. He's always there. All, everywhere. Is said to have gone dancing at the Wabasha Caves just months before he was gunned down in 1934 by police officers in Chicago. The caves were known to have hosted other notorious gangsters such as Ma Barker, George Babyface Nelson, and Alvin Creepy Carpus. Is it sad that I want a crazy mobster name now? I'm sure there's like a BuzzFeed article that you can take that will tell you your, your mobster name. You're probably right. I'm thinking Kitsy Crazy Duncan, um, maybe Kitsy Weirdo Duncan. Nah, I'm still That's what you it. want it to be. Yeah. And then you'll take it and it'll be like Kitsy Puppyfoot Duncan. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> Alvin Creepy Carpus even once said, if you were looking for a guy you hadn't seen in a few months, you usually thought of two places, prison or St. Paul. Astrup goes on to say that Carpus also once said there was probably never before a complete gathering of criminals in one room in the United States as there was in the Green Lantern on New Year's Eve in 1931. There were escapees from every U.S. penitentiary. Penitentiary? Yeah, mm -hmm. I was dazzled. I like that quote. I thought it was good. Anyway, so how do the mobster stories link to the hauntings, you ask? Good question, my dear weirdos. Here's how it went down. Four men that we can only assume were mobsters, because mob shit, um, were sitting at a table playing cards. A fifth man walks in with a case. In my eyes, I'm imagining some kind of musical instrument, probably violin, um, in his hands and asked everyone but the card players to leave. A single waitress is left behind to clean up after the card players. She went to the kitchen only to hear three popping sounds. Not good. Always three. Always. Literally, I didn't even think about that. Um, when she returned to the dining area of the speakeasy, she found three bodies on the floor. Oh, three. Three. But the man with the case and his accomplice, who was one of the card players, had fled the scene. She immediately locked herself in the office, and our friend the waitress does what any witness to a murder would do. She called the police. Um, once the police arrived, they asked her to wait outside while, she, while they assessed the crime scene, telling her they would question her later. Once the police came back out and about an hour later, they began to scold her like a schoolgirl, telling her that she was in trouble for making a false police call. Okay. Kind of fucking cool. Uh, she was in disbelief. She had just seen a vicious murder. They brought her in and the place was immaculate. She was not aware of the fact that the police and the organized crime 
had an understanding. So it's believed the police helped cover up the crime. So we have one, rich mobster history, and two, murder, and three, the most perfect place to hide bodies. It's said that these bodies were actually buried in the caves and then cemented over. Um, later, the location went on to be a 70s disco. Those are the ghosts I want to see in their white leisure suits. Um, and today is an event hall that runs tours about the mobster ties and the hauntings. And they also have a swing night and a live band. Um, party goers have stated they have seen a few extra guests. One person described the guest as someone dressed like a gangster from the 20s who just roams around. This man is translucent and was seen going through a cave wall. After a wedding reception was held at the Wabasha Caves, a young guest told his mom how much he enjoyed playing with the gangsters, but the mom knew there were no gangsters dressed up that night. Creepy, always the kids. Always the kids. Um, the staff doesn't feel that the spirits have any ill will towards anyone. Many have reported that while in the back section of the caves, they will often hear their names called out and they will find that no one is there. Some tour guests have even gotten their, had their own encounters when stopping to take some pictures or visiting the bathrooms. They have reported hearing muffled sounds of a 1930s big band playing. Could be worse. Yeah. Um, also sitting at the bar, people feel unwanted touches on their clothing being tugged on. And it's said there are two resident spirits who like to hang out at the last two stools of the bar and they don't like it when you're in their seats, which, I mean, I get it. Yeah. It's like Norm and They're like Cliff. regulars. Yeah, yeah, from Cheers. There's also a spirit named Alice. Alice is my favorite spirit. She likes to hang out at the bar, and on occasion she's been known to refill your wine glass when no one is working. That's the type of ghost we need. Let's go grab Alice <laughs> right. before we come home. <laughs> um, and as for the poker playing murder victims, it's been reported that children have seen all three of them together on many occasions, and the gangsters have been said to play with the children for a bit before disappearing right in front of their eyes. It said one time a little boy was found and photographed sitting happily at a table with several apparitions sitting around him. Can I find the photo? No. Of course not. So yeah, uh, I found this comment on the hauntedplaces.org website about the caves. She says, my mom used to work there in the 70s as a waitress. She had a lot of scary things happen to her while working there. One time an apparition of a gangster was messing with her and having things fall on her all night. And she went to take an order from one of the customers, but they faded away right in front of her. Um, so there's nearly 30 apparitions that are said to haunt this Prohibition-era speakeasy and that has since been converted into this event center. A representative for the event center said, we're told we have a whole lot of people who just don't know that they're dead, which That's is understandable. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the Wabash Caves have totally been added to my paranormal bucket list. That is cool. One, I've never heard of them. Two, not just to sound ignorant, I didn't know there were caves here. No, I didn't either. Thanks, Winnie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that was awesome. And so sometimes, so like I said, we come into these and we don't know what each other are going to talk about. And sometimes our stories like overlap themes. And this is a very really? prime example of one. I'm not talking about a cave, but some other things. Okay. Bring so it. we always ask each other like, just the, the theme of our story so that it's not like too, too similar. And so I told her that it will be similar, but just because mine's relevant. She's like, well, what does that mean? And then obviously I didn't tell her anymore. Um, as he does. So with season three just coming out, as I said, we investigated Bobby Mackey's. And I've quickly found out that not a lot of people know like the actual history behind Bobby Mackey's, that they saw it on Ghost Adventures, and so they know like what Zach that Bagan said history, about it. Yeah. They know like, you know, but they don't actually know some of the actual history of Bobby Mackey. So I'm just going to cover Bobby wait. Mackey's. So Bobby Mackey's music world looms on the edge of 44 Licking Pike Road above the railroad line and the cold waters of the Licking River. For two nights a week, it hums with a ton of life and activity because it is an actual open and operating- Honky tonk. Honky tonk, yeah. Most of the people that come are given a chance to take a $10 tour during the hours, like during really? open hours, of the basement, which has a, a ton of history, and we'll get into that. But it's also widely 
held to be one of the most haunted nightclubs in the United States with over 40 reported ghosts. Claims of paranormal and demonic activity have drawn in investigators, tourists, and several reality show hosts and skeptics from around the world. If you want to just go and listen to music and play pool, you can do that. But if you want to go investigate, you can also do that. It's, there's a whole link on their website just for paranormal investigators. But I'm pretty confident that this is the only honky-tonk in the United States that says we have a portal to hell in our basement because <laughs> they're well, very... People don't normally advertise that. Right, yeah. <laughs> so the building is old, but the well in the basement is even older. And a lot of the stuff that I'm going to cover is stuff that we... I'm not saying that we agree or disagree with it. This is just what is widely known. known. So before Bobby Mackey established his honky-tonk, before there was a biker bar, a bingo hall, and before the procession of mob-owned lounges, the well was in the floor, a relic of the days when the nightclub was actually a small slaughterhouse on the outskirts of Wilder, Kentucky. And the well was not filled with dirt at that time, but obviously blood as the slaughterhouse, the blood just flowed into that well. And it's... There's a lot of like discrepancy on over whether or not it was an actual slaughterhouse and whether or not the well in the basement had blood in it. And you can ask every other person, and it's like 50-50, really, okay. on whether or not people believe it. So on the last cold day of January in 1896, a 22-year-old music student from rural Indiana stepped off of a train in Cincinnati. Just to give you a heads up, Bobby Mackey's is directly across the Ohio River from Cincinnati. so. It's like not even a mile from Cincinnati, you but it is. You see Clayton's drone shots. He gets Cincinnati and then goes back to, it's gorgeous. <laughs> so her name was Pearl Bryan. She arrived in she Ohio. She in Indiana? I never knew that. Yep, huh. from Rolandia. Go yep. ahead. She arrived in Ohio five months pregnant, wearing nice clothes, custom shoes. So there were two men that met her at the station. Her lover, Scott Jackson, and his roommate, Alonzo Walling, had brought her to Ohio for the purpose of arranging an abortion. Again, this is 1896. So what happened next isn't totally clear. Jackson and Walling maintained that to the end, they had to take her to a local doctor. That's like what they said, whatever. And they said that the doctor was the one that botched this procedure and left her on the brink of death. Others claim that the two men, who were both dental students at the time, drugged her and just attempted to do it themselves with their own tools. The prosecutors at their trial argued that they never intended to deal with her fetus at all, and the goal was always murder. So they thought they were out to murder. How have I not heard this story? Right. Any case, contemporary sources say that Pearl Bryan was still alive, and this is the fun part, when they cut off her head. Jackson and Walling carried her across the Ohio River and into the, the forest around Fort Thomas, Wilder, Kentucky area. And um, just for rating purposes, I'll skip that sentence because it's reading it back is pretty aggressive. Um, authorities eventually identified Pearl by tracking those custom shoes she had made. So they oh. found the shoes that were made for her, thus, you know. ladies, it pays to have custom shoes. <laughs> Jackson Walling went to the gallows, as they should have. But what happened to the rest of her, or her actual head, no one really knows. And so because it happened right where the slaughterhouse, Bobby Mackey's was, legend says that her head ended up in the well at the slaughterhouse. But whatever. What's crazy, this is a true story, more or less with the well. The people who are involved are real, and their fates are public record, which is absolutely insane. But 1800s were a different time. Another true story involving Bobby Mackey's, in the mid-1990s, a car sped down Licking Road, lost control, and smashed into a telephone pole just outside the front door of the club. The occupants of the car were killed immediately. Larry Hornsby was the first policeman at the scene. As he stood there, going over everything, a woman walked out of Bobby Mackey's and just gave him tablecloths from inside the bar to oh just God. cover everything up. Yeah. The next week, Hornsby came back by to thank her he later learned that that night, the club was locked and closed. What? Yeah, so this woman. I am covered in goosebumps right now. Yeah. So this is a story that I'm super interested in because I never heard it. Okay. And I'm wondering if you have, and it's, if you watch our episode, you're going to be like, that's why they were so worked up. So J.R. Costigan, a bar regular, fond of 
Western style clothing and music reported an attack in the men's bathroom at Bobby Mackey's. No. Shit you not. Get the fuck out. While washing his hands. No. So this is not a spoiler. I just did a solo investigation in the men's bathroom and I just like got this kind of like overwhelmed feeling. So just wait. No. She comes in. No, no, no. She comes in and is like something bad happened here. Like um, she said like maybe a rape or something, but something like that has happened here. So while washing his hands, he looked into the mirror and there was a man-shaped figure behind him. It came at him, punching him, kicking, clawing, beating him until he fainted. Upon recovering, he ran straight to Bobby and told him that he had to get control of the club's evil spirits. I mean, duh. I mean, because, yeah. Right, shame on you. So Bobby, who does not, he thinks all this is pretty much bullshit. He kind of yeah. laughs at it and just I mean, like, yeah. he'll make money off it, right. but yeah. So he laughed, honestly thought it was a joke, but Costigan was not laughing. So much that he sued Bobby for negligence and allowing the ghost to operate without warning to patrons. <laughs> no. I swear. This, this is magical. All real. The judge threw out the case, recommending that Costigan take the matter up with a higher power. <laughs> well, yeah. good call, judge. So following the advice from the lawyer, Bobby just put up warnings at the front entrance now that, you know, there may or may not be ghosts here. So yeah. now he can't be sued for negligence. <laughs> So, People will sue over anything. Anything. So perhaps the most bizarre aspect of Bobby Mackey's is that the claims by several people that they have had spirits enter their bodies while in the club. Some of said people claim that they felt cold chills run through their bodies while others claim to have taken on different personalities and even facial features while inside the club. Can I do it? Sure. Nick, what's wrong with your face? Oh, yeah. So the most celebrated case of possession at Bobby Mackey's is Carl Lawson, who lived upstairs above the nightclub as a caretaker for the club. Lawson, one of the main subjects of, um, this guy Hensley wrote a book all about Bobby Mackey's, whatever, you can find it. So he claimed to have been attacked by several of the resident spirits and actually possessed by some of them as well, including Alonzo Walling, the guy who helped the dentist, really? the not dentist. Okay. Yeah. A, a supposedly... Um, successful exorcism of Lawson and the entire building took place at Bobby Mackey's on August 8th, 1991. It, were, it was performed by the Reverend Glenn Coe and witnessed by Hensley, who also recorded it all on videotape. For a time, it appeared that the exorcism was successful, but in recent years, strange occurrences have begun once again at Bobby Mackey's. Mackey, like I said, refuses to believe the paranormal activity was true from the beginning. Nevertheless, um, he had actually made plans to tear down the building and construct a new one on the adjacent property after viewing the video of this exorcism. He saw it and was like, okay, something needs to be done. Just because you tear down a building doesn't mean you're going to get rid of the ghosts. Right. However, a piece of the ceiling fell on him one day when he was having a discussion about the demolition and the adjacent property he purchased for the new club was rendered useless by the sudden appearance of a fissure about six inches wide and 60 feet deep that runs from the old slaughterhouse well to the middle of the adjacent property. She had told us that that yeah. night. That's why they didn't rebuild was because it's yes. not a fault line. Right. Wow. So Mackey never built a new club and he continues to operate at the original club where he actually still performs himself there. And a song he wrote, The Ballad of Joanna, so one of the most frequently seen spirits is a young girl named Joanna, a cabaret dancer during the club's casino days, who reportedly poisoned herself and her mobster father inside the building after he murder murdered her boyfriend. A lot's gone on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing like a woman scorned. Right. Other spirits who have appeared at the club regularly are Joanna and gangster Albert Masterson. So there was just so much. First off, when I read that bathroom story, that's what made me just want to cover this because right. so I'm like a place like Bobby Mackey's in Waverly, like you just know in the industry you're in, you kind of just learn stuff about them without trying just by watching mm -hmm. other shows. Yeah. And typically when we go into investigations, we try not to do too much research on them so that we don't have like predetermined thoughts in our mind about, oh, this room, there's a demon in this room. Right. So then obviously as soon as you walk in that room, What's going to be on your mind? Like, a demon. Right. So. Unless you're me, and I'm like, there are no demons. But, <laughs> like, in terms of the bathroom, we had never heard anything about that. 
And the I, I do remember the original Ghost Adventures and Nick had a hard time in that bathroom. He was freaking out, but I, I still, I was just like, I go in and I'm like, sometimes people may exaggerate for right. TV. I'm not saying they did or they didn't or anything like that, but I like, we like to get, find out our own evidence. Yeah. And I walked in and I was like, nope. Well, and I just remember you saying like something violent happened in here. And you at first thought it was like a rape or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But now this makes so much sense. If this guy is saying that this happened to him, well, like. What if it, that, uh, anyway, we'll talk about this more later. <laughs> okay, um, no spoilers. I will say one of the really cool things about this episode is we have this thing called a wonder box that I'm obsessed with. We hook it up to our spirit box, which scans quickly through radio stations. And we have full-on conversations with ghosts. I'm not going to deny it. I right. freaking love it, and it's magical. We had one of those voices come over upstairs in Carl's apartment mm -hmm. that sounded just like Carl. It's crazy. So again, there are all these, the exorcism was recorded. So, I mean, and it was in the time of videotapes and this, that, and other. So it's, you're not like, oh, I bet that's Carl. Like, you can identify a voice pretty well, easily. And here's how I found out. Like, right after I edited this episode, or started editing this episode, I was, I'm addicted to the Travel Channel. I can't help it. I just can't turn it off. There was something on there, and it was an interview with Carl. Yeah. And it was lit, and he goes, let me talk to him. And then there's a voice that goes, no. Yeah, it's Terrifying. Nuts. Yeah. So actually last night, so someone who works for us and one of our friends who actually we investigated his house in season one? Yes. He, we were watching parts of season three. I was just giving him like the Spark Notes highlights version. And there were so many times that his just jaw was on the ground because of the spirit box and the wonder box activity. It's just, it's crazy. That thing loves us. I know, it does. Yeah. But speaking of the Travel Channel, surprise, we have a celebrity guest right there, Mr. Dave Schrader from the Holzer Files on the Travel Channel as our celebrity ghost story. Get on up here. Celebrity being very loosely used this No, he's a big deal. He's a big deal. First time I saw him, it's on Ghost Adventures, my favorite show in the entire world. You can be here. And I bet you ha might have a ghost story too, but do you have anything that's, that's not a ghost story? Have you seen Bigfoot? Yes. Really? Yes. How am I just fucking finding this out now? You know, I have a radio show for 13 I years. Know. You could have listened you know, once in a while and heard these stories. The paranormal <laughs> podcast is run by this guy. Uh, yeah, I was about, uh, about 11 years old, 10, 11 years old. I was in Foley, Alabama at my grandparents' uh, property. They had 40 acres. Okay. And uh, I'm not an outdoors guy, but I, I used to play that. a lot outdoors when I was a kid. We were fishing at the pond. And it was just my cousin and I, who was a couple of years younger than me, and we could hear out in the woods, something stomping through the woods. And the two of us are looking at each other. Now our, our cousins and, and dads and grandfather were always out there hunting. But this sounded huge. So we're watching, and at the back of the pond, which is maybe, maybe about 60 yards away from us, you see this big bush start to shake. And the two of us do the slow look at each other and then look back and this hand comes up over the top of the bush no. and presses it down. Now, I liken it to Chewbacca because it's got this fur that comes over the hand, which I've never heard anybody talk about before. No. But it was fur that came over the top of the hand and he pushed the bush down and revealed about from upper lip to the top of his head. And he was just staring at us. And the two of us just kind of did that. <laughs> yeah. Puppy dog tilt of the head, and then we turned and looked at each other, and then looked back, and it just kept staring at us. And boom, we Scooby Dooed, man. Our oh. legs, like, let's get out of here, Kevin. All right, and we ran up that hill, got inside, half expecting to see one of our smartass dads probably out there pranking us. And we came in so wound up, dads, uncles, everybody grabbed rifles, and they went out to oh, the woods. Because uh, this was, you know, I mean, uh, ten years prior was the the Patterson-Gimlin Bigfoot footage. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. So although I was not aware of these stories, they, they were, were aware yeah. of it. And they went out charging, plus they didn't know if there's just some big creepy-ass person living in the woods. <laughs> they had 40 acres, and only 10 of it was livable. Oh, wow. And it is the South. Right. So yeah. I can say that in Minnesota, because I'm safe here. Um, 
<laughs> so they went out and they didn't find anything. So that was my encounter. Now, was it a Bigfoot? As a child, I can only tell you my memory of what I saw. Right, no. So, so that was it. But I have been to both the Wabashaw Caves. Oh, yeah? And I've been to Bobby Mackey's. Yeah. And uh, as far as ghosty stuff goes, uh, Wabashaw Caves, I went to see Chip Coffee came to pr promote and, and do a presentation. He's much. such a sweet guy, and he was doing this event at the uh, the Wabashaw Caves, and said, Schrader, come on down and see me. So I came down, and the room where he set off is off to the side, and then there's this back bar and this room behind the bar. And Chip and I are just sitting there talking, and this guy in a suit comes walking along the side of the bar, ducks around, and goes into the green room. Chip goes, hey, I don't mean to be rude, but all my stuff's back there. I don't know who that is. I'm going to go check. I said, no problem, I'll go with you. So we walk back in that room, there's nobody there. Yeah. What? And he goes, Dave Schrader, we just saw a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, there's gotta be a door or something. And we looked around, there was no exit point, no way for this guy to get out of that room. And we followed, we were like 10 seconds behind him because Chip wanted to make sure nobody stole the scarf. Well, so yeah. it's true. Uh, it's so we, we ducked in and, and went to check and there was nobody there. So that was my Wabashaw Caves instant. But I went with Ghost Adventures, and I'm part of the Return to Bobby Mackey's episode. Yeah. Um, when we went into uh, Bobby Mackey's, and they called it the the Portal to Hell, uh, it was the coldest flipping night in history. Oh, so, as so opposite cold. as our experience oh, was. It was sweat. It was third well, of July. See, it, it it had to be cold at the pit of hell because I was in a country bar. So that was the way I figured it. Well, he said it would be a cold day in hell well, to have me in a country bar, but there I was. And damn, I wish I'd have thought of that first. It's nighttime, <laughs> nighttime, and uh, everything shut down. And I go, I got to go to the restroom. Mm -hmm. And Nick goes, all right. And I go, whatever, dude. And I go in, and there's a trough to pee yes. in, right? Yep. There's a stall behind me. I start peeing, and there's no more vulnerable position in the world. Well, there's one more vulnerable <laughs> position in the world. But I'm peeing in the trough, and all of a sudden, the, the stall door starts going. No. And I'm like, slowly turning over my shoulder to look, thinking one of the guys ducked Absolutely, in there. Absolutely, yeah. I'm like, knock it off, asshole, and the door stops. And then it goes. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I walked out of the bathroom quickly without washing. I'm going to be honest with you folks. That's why God created hand sanitizer. I walked out, and Nick is sitting at the bar, and he sees the look on my face, and he goes, dude, I told you. That place is fucking creepy. I'm like, yeah, man, that is unnatural. But then we did this. Did you hear that? It was Bigfoot. <laughs> what was that? It was big snort, I think. Uh, so then we, we break up to ghost hunt, and people are spread out throughout this building. Now, what's really interesting is they had this archbishop that had come in earlier that day. And I won't give full names. People can do their own research. But the archbishop had come in, and at one point, he was down by the pit of hell, tore off his collar, and started flailing holy water. And he's like, damning whatever's down there and screaming and carrying on. And everybody was like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? It just yeah. didn't seem very clergy-like. So through the rest of the night, we've got everybody's got spirit boxes and obelisks. Yeah. Hand to God, this is what happens. And I wish they would have shown it in the episode Return to Bobby Mackey's, but I don't think they wanted to besmirch the... Yeah, yeah. The, the holy man. Yeah. All of these pieces of equipment randomly throughout the building keep saying, priest, fake, fraud. <gasps> priest, what? fraud, fake, liar, priest, liar. And we're like, oh, okay. So Mark and Debbie Constantino, the EVP specialists, uh, were still alive at that point. We'd gone down to do the in-EVP session in the basement. And we're standing over the pit of hell. And uh, I'm like, hey. I'm going in. And they're like, what? <laughs> so I jump down and I'm standing in hell, right? And Debbie, not to be outdone, is like, well, I'm coming too. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So Deb gets down next to me. We're both standing in that little sump pump hole, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nick Groff is standing behind me. And he kneels down and we're using a, a spirit box. And I go, uh, you know, the spirit box is basically a radio that just keeps sweeping up and down the dial. You and we're basically in a Faraday cage down in that basement. We're getting no signal. Mm -hmm. It's just And uh, I know you've cursed, so I can slip by oh, a couple. Yeah, yeah. Bring it. Um, and this is, this is just me repeating what was said, so I, I apologize if people are offended by this. But uh, I go, earlier 
uh, Archbishop was down here, and I heard he was throwing holy water and trying to banish you. Did that make you mad? <laughs> and I turned to Debbie, and I'm like, what did that just say? <laughs> and she goes, I think it's in the And I go, no. And she goes, yeah. And Nick goes, oh, I heard that. And I'm like, you heard that? And he's like, yeah. And then I go, did he make you mad? Fake liar! Really loud through no. the radio. And we're all like, oh, now all of a sudden the hackles. I don't have much hair on my head, but what I had was standing up. It was unnerving. And uh, I, had, I didn't know that the, the person that they had invited in was also homosexual. I have no problem with that at all. Whoa. But that this thing was calling it out publicly, oh, yeah. which they say the demonic likes to do is pick on your weaknesses oh, or yeah, things to, sure. to say that. And it was so shocking to use that terminology. Oh, yeah. um, Absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get hate mail because I mentioned it, but I, I was, just wanted to give you the moment. I mean, that, yeah, was, that was so creepy and yeah. shocking. Yeah. And, and we were all kind of blown away. But the, the nice part of the story for me, and I'll try to say this without getting choked up, because <clears throat> doing this for 13 years, I very rarely do things deeply affect me mm -hmm. as much as this. Um, we had kind of cleared everybody out for the night. And just a group, small group of our friends were still down in the basement. And they're running this ovelist thing, the, the, the shack hack, whatever, and it's ch -ch 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 -ch. And they're trying to communicate. And they're like, uh, I come in. I said, okay, just you guys left. They're like, yeah. I said, all right, I'm going to go make sure everybody else is out of the building for the night. And uh, we'll go. And I turn away. And as I start walking away, you hear ch -ch 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 Schrader. Ch -ch 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 -ch. And no. I stop. And I'm like, no, I didn't hear that. Ch -ch 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 Schrader. Ch -ch 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 and I turn around and, and they all slowly do the turn and look at me and they go, I think it's asking for you. So I go walking back over and I go, all right. I said, uh, I'm, I'm Dave Schrader. Is there something I can do? Pray. And I'm like, at what point do I come off looking like the bishop here? <laughs> and I go, you want me to pray for you? Yes. And I'm like, all right. So we all gather hands and I do a clearing prayer and just ask that any lost spirits here find their way, that the light open, friends, relatives, whatever, come forth and help these spirits to cross over. And that's it. We're hearing through all the prayer. Nothing else. It's dead silent. I'm like, well, how do you know at the end if you've accomplished the goal? Sure. Yeah. And I, I got done and it was just very kind of surreal moment. And I, we all let go of hands and I look around and I go, I hope that helped. And then, ch -ch -ch -ch, joy. This oh. word just comes through and says that. I know it chokes me up every time. And it just, joy. And we all just kind of had this <sighs> deep sigh and then, you know, ran the hell out of there and burned it to the ground. Yeah. No. <laughs> but uh, but it, that, that was really uh, a neat moment for me to be there. And we, we'd had a lot of other strange things. Like on the episode they show, um, Nick and I are upstairs with Bobby Mackey. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're doing EVP with the Shack Hack. And all of a sudden, through my radio, you start hearing Zach's voice going, Guys! Guys, get down here! That. And we're like, what the hell? So Nick goes, he needs us. Let's go. So we go downstairs. We go down, and they're way down in the basement doing a Shack Hack session. We walk in, and they go, Nick, your voice is coming through the radio. We're like, get out of here. And they I play it back, but you yeah. can hear the voice yeah. on, on that episode of, of our Shack Hack having... Zach's voice coming out of it calling for us so it was a very weird night yeah, all the way around yeah. I didn't you know I, I got in there and I was like this place does just feels like an old rundown bar oh, absolutely that's yeah. what we said I didn't feel like it was possessed like it was nope. haunted but it was like as soon as you shut the lights down and try to take a pee all hell breaks loose oh right <laughs> well and so. something about Bobby Mackey's there there's just a lot of stuff inside like especially on the main floor right. there's just like chairs and poles and the bar and like all the bottles and like neons and so when you turn all that off there's your eyes are just messing with you because there's so many depths of black just from all the stuff that's in there so you're walking through and then you see something and you're like was Did that I just really a pole that? that I'm passing or like it's just one of those places that there's just so much clutter yeah. you could say that it, it really does mess with your senses so then it just kind of gets you because we thought the same thing yeah. we walked in got like a little brief tour and I was like okay like yeah. I worked at a bar for six years like this seems about right yeah and um, smells like a bar looks like a bar is a bar right and then you turn off the lights and you're like okay yeah I, honestly of our new season Bobby Mackey's is my favorite episode I we 
we started speaking to one spirit at the beginning of the night and that spirit continued to tell their story the entire evening, except when we were in the basement. So, and this isn't like really spoiling anything at all. Um, we tried a new investigative style with the basement. And so- Well, first of all, naked is not new. <laughs> so we I tried, <laughs> he wouldn't let me. <laughs> so we put, a blindfold on Christina because none of us even during the tour we were like we don't want to go in the basement we want our first impression to be during the investigation and I get I don't say I'm a psychic or a medium I get vibes I I can feel energies so here we go down to the basement she's like I just want to go to like the cell down in the basement so I'm like okay thinking I'm gonna walk in it's just gonna be like nothing you're like oh there's a cell so here I am leading her blindfold to open the door and they're like all these miniature rooms I'm like which one isn't? I had no idea where to take her, and I'm like, um, we're almost there. And, and just, just leading her around, and I was like, just stay right here, literally, so I could go look around and find where we're supposed it's to be going. It's a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. That it's basement. a lot bigger in the basement. Yeah. So I'm like wandering around, like, okay, this has to be it. And she's like, how far away are you? And I was like, uh, I'm not that far. <laughs> like, oh, I call bullshit. <laughs> oh, but it was it was amazing, and I was told by a, a very famous ghost hunter that. Bobby Mackey's is not haunted, and I believe they were wrong. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love Bobby Mackey's. Yeah. It's interesting because ghosts don't always show up when a ghost hunter walks in the door. Exactly. No matter Absolutely. how famous you are. Exactly. Yeah. It yeah. just doesn't happen. So, right. you know, sometimes people go there wanting to have an experience and get nothing. Yeah. And there's other times when people are there just trying to take a pee and they can't get left alone. Yep. Exactly. I mean, I wake up and don't want a people. I'm sure they're the same way. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Completely. Well, thank you so much yeah, for doing Thank you so very much. I appreciate you guys letting me pop on and be offensive. Yeah. Oh, always. Anytime. <laughs> Welcome to I'm the club. I'm your girl. And uh, yeah, congratulations on the show, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Holzer Files every Thursday night on Travel Channel. Uh, we just aired our fifth episode, and we have five more to go, and we're hoping to hear about a second season soon. So. Yeah, that's oh, amazing. awesome. Let us know if you ever want us to go ghost hunting with you. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give fun. you a call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so yeah, much thank for you being so much. here, Dave. I appreciate it. And everybody here, stick around because Dave's got the next spotlight. Yes. In this room. Oh, there we so, go. So, yeah, but thank you guys for being here. Yes, we appreciate, we appreciate it. For sure. So all much. of you and you guys helping us spread the word about Oddity Files on all the stuff and all the things. And uh, yeah, so thanks, guys. We appreciate you. Yeah, how are we going? Thank you so much. That was good.